Blog Talk Radio. Want to welcome to a special edition of the cheapest meal presented by Deep Fried Draft. My name is Brian Bosarge. Uh, today is going to be the inaugural Grapeco mock draft, where me and three others will come together and pick every pick of the first round. So let's bring in our guests one by one. First, he is the operator of DraftCountdown.com. He is the legendary Scott Wright. Scott, welcome to the inaugural Grafico Mock Draft. What's up, Brian? I'm, I'm excited to do this. Next up, we have the associate editor uh, for GBN Report. He is Pigskin Paul Gilmet. Paul, how you doing this morning? Hey, I'm doing good, Brian, now that I know what time it is, and I'm with you. Hey, hey. And he is a <laughs> contributor all over the Internet. He is... Joe Everett of DraftScouts.com, NFL Draft Bible, and a lot of other stuff. Joe, how you doing this morning, man? Doing great. Uh, catching up on yesterday's Alabama spring game. Uh, listening to this awesome new intro on on the cheapest meal. This is pretty righteous. I can't watch spring games. I watch South Carolina. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so this Me is. A- I'm with you, Brian. I'm with you. Me too. So this is the first time I've ever actually had more than one person on the podcast, so we're probably going to be talking over each other and everything, but that's going to be fine. <laughs> so this is how it's going to work. Everybody should know what teams they're going to pick for. We These were assigned a few weeks ago when we first uh, conceived this podcast. So uh, everybody should be ready. Paul, we're yes, talking sir. about you. We're talking about you being I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Ready. So, pick five. So with bucks. Th- I'm ready. <laughs> with that said, the first pick. Ooh. <laughs> belongs to Scott Wright and the Arizona Cardinals. Scott, the number one pick in the draft. I get the tingles when I hear that music. I love that. Yeah. Um, well, of course. You know, I'm not going to be the one to throw this off the rails with trying to do something crazy because I think Kyler Murray is going to be the number one pick. So I'm going to go in that direction and try to keep things on track as long as we can. But I will say, if I were the Cardinals, I would hold on to Josh Rosen for at least another year because you're not going to get much for him. He's cheap, and I want some insurance. I'd rather have both of them for a year to see how things are going to work out with Kyler Murray. Now, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think that would be a tenable situation with Rosen and his people, but uh, – but it, it's gonna—it's a—it's a bold move by the Cardinals to take Kyler Murray. It's every bit as bold as hiring Kingsbury as your head coach, and uh, they're swinging for the fences. They, they might completely miss and fall on their butt, but it's gonna be fun to watch. My my love for Josh Rosen is now making me pull against the Arizona Cardinals, and I didn't want to have to do that. Scott, since you are in control of the Arizona Cardinals, you've just picked Kyler Murray. Where are you trading Josh Rosen, and what kind of compensation are you gonna get back? I mean, you're not going to get much by the sounds of it. Uh, I think from what I hear, you're going to be lucky to get a second-round pick. And, and to me, that boggles my mind because I would rather have Josh Rosen for a second-round pick than any quarterback in this class. So 
uh, if I were one of these quarterback needy teams like Miami or Washington, of course the Redskins are the team that's most strongly been linked to, to Rosen, and rightfully so, but if I were a quarterback needy team, I wouldn't hesitate to trade a second rounder for Rosen uh, rather than take a quarterback in the first round because not only do you get, I think, a good player with, with franchise quarterback potential, but you're not investing so much that you're out of the market a year from now if things don't work out, whereas, I mean, no matter who you are, you take Dwayne Haskins in the first round, you're locked into him for a few years. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Rosen is better than every quarterback in this class. I don't even think it's close, to be honest. Uh, so now that brings us to the second pick in the draft, the San Francisco 49ers and Joe Everett. Mm. I just, just, just got off the phone with Kyle, and, and uh, there's been a, a lot of defensive line help in all these drafts, and I know it's – it's going to be pretty ridiculous to take yet another defensive lineman here, but I'm doing it. I, I can't pass up Nick Bosa. I, I know they added uh, a deep forward, and I, they've got some edge rushers there, but this is, I, I think, a once-in-a-generation kind of pass rusher here. You get them on, uh, and you turn what was a weakness into a strength here. Uh, it's tough to pass up uh, – Big Q Williams here, but I think you got a few guys like that on the roster. Um, it's just too good to pass up. I'm yeah, Nick Bosa. It's easy. Uh, I'm, I'm slam dunking this one home. Are, are are you taking phone calls on the pick though? Are are, are you trying to see what you oh, can? Yeah. Since you do, you so you're it's Nick Bosa all the way. You're not even answering the phone. I mean, I I just hate to pass it up. I mean, sure, you're not. Uh, I, entertaining offers. I mean, you got to since there's the quarterback needy team's going to be talking to you. They're going to be talking to the Jets, but uh, I don't, I don't want to move. I want to take the guy. I'm pretty sure in 10 years is still going to be in the league back in quarterbacks. I hear you. So the second pick in the draft, the 49ers select Nick Boza, the edge rusher from Ohio state. That brings us back to Scott Wright and the New York Jets at pick number three. And if I'm the Jets, I'm very happy about this situation because I have two stud defensive players on the board. And this is one of those spots where there's a lot of speculation. Maybe they trade down, and I think they will be listening to offers. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think they might end up staying there if the board breaks this way because they're going to be able to bring in either Quinnen Williams or Josh Allen. And I think Quinnen Williams is probably a little high, more highly rated, whereas Josh Allen addresses more of a need. And, and we know they want an edge pass rusher after what they tried to spend on Anthony Barr earlier this offseason. So, honestly, I'm a little torn. But I think if they stay there, I think they're going to go with the quote-unquote best player available and go with Quinnen Williams uh, from Oof. Alabama. So I'm going to go with Quinnen Williams in this case. And, and I wouldn't be shocked if Quinnen Williams goes to the 49ers. I think he's still in the mix there. They've been beyond unhappy with Solomon Thomas and – Maybe he even gets sent packing. So I think he's still in the mix. But uh, I'm going to go with Quinton Williams here over Josh Allen because I think he's a little highly rate, more highly rated. But I think that's the discussion. Because one of those two guys are a trade down for the Jets. Agreed there. Uh, Quinton Williams will be my number one overall rated player uh, when it all, over Nick Bozo when it all comes gets settled in. So Quinton Williams, the defensive lineman from Alabama, is the pick to the Jets at pick number three. So, that brings us now to the Oakland Raiders and me on the clock for the Raiders. I'll be picking three times for uh, John Gruden and Mike Mayock and company here in the first round. Can we call you Chucky Bosarge? I'd rather Chucky you didn't. Chucky Bosarge. <laughs> I like that. 
<laughs> and hey, the Raiders got to get a pass rusher, right? This is a, this is a no doubter, and y'all have left y'all have left it all y'all have left the pick to me here. This is this is quick to the board. Josh Allen, edge rusher, Kentucky. Give him to Oakland. Would pick number four. Josh Allen, Kentucky edge rusher. Now that brings us to Central Florida's own Paul Gilmet and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at pick five. You know, I still think you're going to get a call from ESPN and they're going to sue your butt. Um, I normally, normally with Josh Allen having just gone, I would be depressed in the Buccaneers draft room, and I might even be accepting last-minute phone calls. But you know what? In this draft, no. Because when you guys at 1, 2, and 3 took the guys you did, I'm looking and I'm saying, I'm picking five. I'm either going to get Josh Allen or I'm going to get the guy that I now need to take, and that is Devin White, the linebacker from LSU, Hmm. who I think is going to have an NFL impact like Reggie Lewis. So he's comparing Ray Lewis. I was Ray Lewis. I believe who Paul was was going for there. So Reggie Jackson or Devin White with a Ray Lewis impact here. Uh, I I I like the pick. I I I really do. I think Devin White's uh, gonna. I would I would say this pick right here and this guy is probably. I think who we all would be considering the front runner for the uh, defensive rookie of the year, right? I mean. He's, I think he's, he's going to get the chance in Tampa. I think well, Paul, all the teams in the top ten, this is the pick I'd put my money on as being trading down. I, I, I think, yeah, I, I think I don't disagree. I also think Detroit at eight is a good spot for a trade down too. Yep. Uh, so, Paul, uh, we're back to back on the clock with you, and uh, you got to make the boss man happy here. Uh, you're on the clock with the New York Giants. Okay, two comments on this, and then I'll make the pick. I am not convinced that if I were the Giants, I'd want Gettleman making my picks here. Um, So having said that, and also having said that I think there's something in the hopper later in this round, which, by the way, guys, I'm back on the board at 17 with this team, um, and I think there's going to be some quarterback maneuvering going on back at that spot, but not right now. I think for Mr. Gellerman, who just like the Giants and just like the Panthers, who he did work for, all love those defensive linemen, those pass rushers. I think Gellerman's going to take a chance here. And I think he's going to take a chance that somebody on that team can motivate Rashawn Gary to the stage where he performs like his numbers say he should. And that's exactly right. If they can't motivate him, if they can't turn him around, this is going to look like a dud pick. Rashawn Gary, is that the, the curveball right there for everybody, right? I mean, no, would, it, or would we be surprised if Gary's the sixth overall pick? Oh, yeah. But I will have to say, Paul would nail that with a Gettleman-style pick. He's always talking about the hog mollies. It's always up front with him. And that, like, that so fits the bill to me. Thank you, Joel. 
Let's yeah, go it to the. Surprise me if they went with. Gary. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. It no, go ahead, Scott. Go Gary. ahead. I, I, I think the Giants are absolutely going with the defensive line with that first pick, and and if I were to handicap it, I think the pecking order from what I've heard would be Quinton Williams one. They love him. If he's gone, uh, that I think Montez Sweat might get the nod over Gary, but I think those are the the names in the conversation for that pick it, for the Giants. And Sweat and Montez Sweat was my. Yep other guy in the mix here which one am I going to take and I just decided it's Gettleman it's the Giants yeah it's Gary well let's let's go to the redneck uh the redneck part of the state of Florida and uh Jacksonville (laughs) Duval let's go to Scott Wright pick number seven for the Jaguars Now, this is, this is another one. I, I, it comes down to two options. It's either Juwan Taylor, the offensive tackle from Florida, or T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end from Iowa. And I, I'm leaning towards Hawkinson here just because I think that's a far bigger need. Uh, they have Will Richardson, who they took in the fourth round last year, who I think is more talented than a fourth-round pick. They signed Cedric Abue in free agency. So I'm going to go with T.J. Hawkinson here. I think Tom Coughlin <laughs> is one of the, the general managers in this league that's going to appreciate a throwback tight end like T.J. Hawkinson, who's not only a good weapon in the passing attack, but he's going to be an extension of that offensive line. He's going to be a huge safety blank for Nick Foles. So I think the consensus out there is, oh, the Jaguars are going to go Juwan Taylor there, and they might. But I just think tight ends a much more glaring need for them, and uh, I think Coughlin's going to like Hawkinson. I, I love Hawkinson. I'm not going to argue, Scott. I'm not going to argue this pick either, but I am going to argue if you think you're going to get anything out of Cedric Abwehi as your reason to not take an offensive tackle, I uh, I got some news for you there, Scott. I got some bad news. Would you rather Cedric Abwehi or Bobby Hart, Mr. Bengals fan? Mm, neither. None of the above. That's the correct answer. None of the above is the correct answer. I knew I had that one. Now, if the question is $21 million for Bobby Hart or $3 million for Cedric Abwehi, I'm probably taking Cedric Abwehi. Which, which is amazing considering that the Bengals are the cheapo cheap franchise in the NFL, isn't it? That they would pay the big bucks to somebody as bad as Hart and let the bad, equally bad Abuelo go for one seventh of the price. Interesting. It's 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 terrible. So anyway, let's go to the Motor City now and Joe Everett with the Detroit Lions at pick eight. Mitch Ryder. Well, I, I honestly hated seeing uh, White go off the board from LSU. I know it's not a need for the Lions because they apparently like Jared Davis. Personally, I think he's a bum. Uh, just watch him try and cover tight ends. I think it's an <laughs> epidemic in the league, honestly, but uh, there's very few linebackers that are legit. Uh, and that, that White strikes me as a guy that I'm I'm glad he goes high in our mock because that stands to reason. Uh, so then the Lions, they got to look at maybe a corner because T's Tabor ain't the answer. Um, they could have probably taken thought about Hawkinson. I think it's a little early for another tight end. So uh, it, to me it's edge because – as good as Trey Flowers is, he's still pretty much a base. They need that guy that's movable, that's a variant, that's a, a two-point stance, kind of just come at you all uh, manner of ways. And um, I think Brian Burns 
That's my pick. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe people would argue it's too early. Maybe they'll argue it's not a Patriots type of player because looking at all their acquisitions, I mean, this is this is Motown Patriots basically. So uh, I really think they need that kind of splash. Uh, what do you call a flamethrower type uh, pass rusher that could do a number of things and could also cover. Uh, I think Burns is that upside. I mean, I'm not saying he can do all these things right now, but profiles, uh, what we draft, the the type, that's boy, that's the type right there they could use. Um, I think, once again, this is about like turning what they didn't have last year uh, as a weakness into a potential strength. Well, you address it in free agency, and then you double dip in the draft. Give me Burnsy. Hey, I, I like you know that. What? I, I don't like it this high. I think, but I think this guy, similar to Gary, is either a boom or a bust. There isn't going to be any in between. I think if he keeps his weight at what he was at the combine, and he, I believe he's Von Miller-ish, Von Miller-ish, uh, with his bend and everything around the edge. I, I like that pick for the Lions. I also like it because it keeps the guy that I wanted to pick at nine for Buffalo, we've crossed our fingers, <laughs> and he's still on the board. So with the ninth pick, I'm running the card up for the Buffalo Bills. Montez Sweat, the edge rusher from Mississippi State. I'm bringing him I in. I knew it. Cause now, he is, as far as we know, he's healthy, right, Brian? I I would I think they 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 flagged him for something, but they let him work out at the combine, so it doesn't it wasn't the Maurice Hurst uh, issue, and he wasn't even okay. he wasn't one of the he wasn't one of the ones that got brought back to the uh, combine for, for to Indy for the medical rechecks either. So apparently he's good to go. So okay. I, I have I have no problem with that, and then I'm getting a 260 pound guy who who's pr- produced in the SEC and ran a 40 at freaking 44 speed. Yeah, I'm taking this guy all day. Pick nine for the Buffalo Bills. Run the card up. Run it up. You know, Don't Buffalo trip, at nine, to me, to me, that's one of the wild cards in the top ten because I think you could legitimately make a case for three, four different ways. I mean, most of these teams were like, it's either A or B. We kind of have a feel for what they're going to do. I mean, I, I could see I could see a tight end. I could see an offensive lineman. I could see a pass rusher. I could see a linebacker. I mean, uh, Buffalo, I, I haven't really got a good feel for what they're going to do yet, but I'm leaning towards pass rusher just because that's where the value is going to be and they need help there. And, um, and, and something I think we're going to see with this draft is teams that – even pass rusher might not be their top need. They're going to take one early just because the value is too good. I wouldn't be surprised to see one or two teams that we don't necessarily view a defensive lineman as their top priority. They just aren't going to be able to pass. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And uh, if TJ Hawkinson would have still been on the board, I I may have gone in that direction because I think, you know, mm-hmm. you need to, as much as I don't like uh, not as good Josh Allen, um, if you're gonna, if you're content with him and your quarterback, you've got to give him some weapons and or a, a safety net, so to speak. And I think Hawkinson could be that guy for them if he's on the board, but he was not in this case. So let's go to uh, John Elway's new assistant out in Denver and uh, Joe Everett with the tenth pick in the draft. This one's for Jahan. Uh, I really am upset. Uh, both Hawkinson and Devin White are here, and you guys talked about a trade-up. Boy, I hope that's my Broncos. Trade-up with the Bucks at five, get Devin White, because all we got is just, I mean, downhill, two down backers. Uh, but God bless Ty Davis. Great effort. I love the kid, but 
we really need an answer there. So uh, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm itching, oh. getting itchy about the boy in Michigan, but I'm not going to do it. Oh. Uh, I think I'm going to go against previous Broncos drafts. Uh, they've always, you know, especially last year, they took team captains. They took leaders. They took really just clean-cut kind of prospects, not as much rolls of the dice or chances. Uh, but we're going to take a big chance here, and I'm adding Ed Oliver to the front to the oh. as Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb. And uh, we're just going to, we're going to crush and stomp with Vic Fangio is what we're going to do. So uh, bring me the kid from Houston and uh, we'll worry about all this later. If you heard the sounds of cups and glasses breaking that came from Cincinnati as we're just so upset (laughs) that we don't get the chance to pair Ed Oliver with Gino Atkins now. No, you know what? You don't need two of the same guy, Brian. That isn't necessarily what you have to have. So he may have just done you a favor, in my opinion. I I don't. I don't. I think when you get a chance to draft the second best player or the second best player in the draft at 11, you got to take it. And that's where Ed Oliver ranks on my board, number two overall. I don't care if it's a – I mean, you got to think now, nickel defense is what, 65 70% of your offense or your defense now? So you're going to have Geno Atkins and Ed Oliver in the game side-by-side 70% of the snaps on defense. That's why you draft Ed Oliver if you're the Bengals, if he's on the board, but he's not now. So now let's go to depressed Cincinnati as our – First option is now gone. Yeah. And with pick 11, we take Joe's other uh, guy he was considering because he does fit the biggest position of need for the Bengals. We want Devin White. He's gone. We wanted Ed Oliver. He's gone. So we're going to take Michigan linebacker Devin Bush. Nice. Paul's crying at 12. Break my heart, man. That was with the 11th pick in the draft. Now, we also considered Dwayne Haskins here. We did. You should. But we're, you should. We're going to we, – because Andy Dalton is not good. So, <laughs> But we, we go with not the immediate enough. need. We go with the immediate need. And the, the thinking is that Zach Taylor comes in with his fresh ideas and everything, and maybe he can fix Andy Dalton. He can't, but maybe he can is the logic here is why we go with Devin Bush. Devin Bush is hey, now Brian, the uh, oh, captain sorry, of the defense for the Bengals. In. I just wanted to jump in and note that, you know, the Bengals, they overpaid for Bobby Hart. They had every offensive lineman could have been on the board here. Would you rather have Bobby Hart or Jawan Taylor or Jonah Williams or Andre Jones? Uh, yeah. This is why you yeah. don't overpay Bobby Hart. Uh, completely agree. It's like you said, yeah. every single offensive tackle is still on the board here at 11. Every one. I got a feeling they're going to start going here pretty quick, you know, in the next next dozen or so picks. But uh, they're all on the board now. So let's go to let's go to Wisconsin and Pigskin Paul with the twelfth pick in the draft. The first of two picks here in the second round for the Packers. First round. First round. Yeah, they're they're still trying to revive me on the floor with the smelling salts here. Thank you, thank you very much. I wish the hell now you'd been able to get Ed Oliver, okay? Um, <laughs> I find I find this difficult, but listen. This is like a worst-case scenario smoke, for the Packers. Well, yeah, because watching the smoke signals and such coming out of Green Bay, um, the, the first problem is they need a tight end, but it's 
it's too soon for Noah Font, who is really just an overgrown wide receiver. They, I think the best player available at a position of need technically right now would be Clellan Farrell from Clemson. But they just signed Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, and those guys aren't quite as good, at least on paper, but they're the same kind of player. So, so I'm going to go a totally different route here. By the way, at this point, I'd be very tempted if I'm really the Packers to trade out if the price is right. Maybe somebody wants to come back up and get Haskins. But I am not going to take Farrell. You can only put so many pass rushers on the field at a time. And I guess I'll have to get a linebacker, our true linebacker, later. I am going to take somebody to bolster that offensive line because Brian Balaga is 29 and a half going on 37 with his body. And I am going to take, not the one you're thinking, Andre Dillard from Washington State. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know he can pass block, and that's very important when you got Aaron Rodgers back there. And I will say this, I know it's a very small sample size, but from what I saw during Senior Bowl week, Andre Dillard can run block. So give me Dillard at number 12, please. Yeah, I like Andre Dillard a lot. At the one, Got to be one of the most athletic offensive linemen testing-wise we've seen in quite some time. Yeah, and, and they need it. Like I said, really, Brian Balaga has been a warrior, but his body's worn out. I think their best bet for him, if Dillard is now in training camp, I think they take a look at maybe Brian Balaga fills one of those guard spots where he doesn't have to move quite as much. Makes sense to me. So let's go to South Beach now and Scott Wright and the Miami Dolphins. Go get them, Scott. Boy, I mean, the Dolphins, this might be the worst situation in the whole league. I really believe that. I mean, they just have nothing to hang their hat on, really, especially in terms of those blue chip building blocks and, and it's going to be interesting if they essentially take the process approach like the 76ers did in the NBA where they're just going to punt on this year, just tank for a year and wait for next year's quarterback class. And, I mean, that, that's a really tough pill to swallow, but I honestly can't say it's the wrong decision. Uh, just go get some, some good football players and wait till next year because it's not like the Dolphins are going anywhere next season anyways. So I'm just going with the best player available. I want to start in those trenches. And since the defensive line has kind of been picked over, I'm going to go with Jawan Taylor, the offensive tackle from Florida, or replace Jawan James at right tackle. Not only yep. is he going to replace him, he's going to be an upgrade over him at a fraction of the cost. And then I know I got Tunsil and, uh, and Taylor on the edges. Uh, so I'm just going to go that way, even though all these quarterbacks on the board, I, I, you can make a very good argument. But I, A, I don't think they're going to go that way. And B, I don't really blame them. So I'm going to go with Jawan Taylor there. But to me, this is the best offensive or defensive alignment. They just need to, to at least hit a double with this pick and get somebody on the team that they can count on for the next five years because those, are, yeah. those types of players are few and far between. Scott, I think, you, I think you got it right. Everybody wants, I think we're overusing the word tanking in sports these days. But if you look at the Dolphins roster, you look at who's there. But even more important than that, last time I looked – the Miami Dolphins have the fewest veteran players under contract of any team in the NFL. So why would you go get Dwayne Haskins now and get him killed perhaps 
or ruined like a David Carr before you've got enough talent around him to matter. Uh, yeah, you're not wrong. So let's get Fitz, Fitz Magic killed there. That's what he's used to anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and come back next year and, and tank, tank for Tua. Hashtag tank for Tua for the Miami it's, Dolphins. It's and then they'll take someone else. I, I, I think they should draft a quarterback at some point. You know, come back in the third, fourth round, bring in somebody, bring in Tyree Jackson or Will Greer, somebody that when Ryan Fitzpatrick inevitably starts to struggle, if they have a young guy that they can plug in there, give a trial to, but if it doesn't work out, you're not so invested that you can't be right back in the market a year from now. So they have to bring in a quarterback, but just not in the first round. I, I think you pick whoever you like in that second or third tier. Personally, for me, it would be Jared Stidham from Auburn and uh, and go with that, that, that duo. Yep. Well, let's go, da- let's go down to the ATL and Joe Everett and the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, this is a pretty uh, slippery slope for the Falcons because what's looking me in the face is I need interior DL help. I could use Mm -hmm. an edge that could actually play. Um, But they've taken Clemson linemen before, and they're like, you know, what's what's the deal? One worked out in Grady Jarrett. The other one, Vic Beasley, uh, we're kind of waiting. And who knows with Jack McKinley's shoulder, uh, I – I mean, I'm staring clearly and Farrell in the face, but uh, I'm against all good thinking. I think the the smart thing to do uh, in today's league is score 58 points a game if you can. So uh, uh, fix the other side of that line. Nothing wrong with Jonah Williams from Alabama. I don't care where you put him. Uh, he believes he's a tackle. Well, go out there and prove it. Uh, I think they, they should take Jonah Williams, protect Matt Ryan, make sure you can get the ball to Julio and Calvin, and uh, I, I think you're scoring points in that division. So uh, against all uh, rational thought that I would have as a GM, I think that what I see the Falcons kind of doing, playing it safe, uh, protecting uh, the money. Go, Jonah. Jonah Williams from <laughs> Alabama. Is he a tackle? Is he a guard? I think he's a tackle. Uh, but, Yeah. So our run on offensive tackles that I predicted would happen has now happened. So uh, that brings it back to me now and the Washington Redskins on the clock at pick 15. They are the front runners, apparently, if you believe the rumors, to trade for Josh Rosen. I, however, am going to ignore that. I'm going to ignore that, and we're going to take Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback of now the future for the Washington Redskins at pick Yay! 15. Yay! I, 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 think, I, guys, think, I think that's a good move for the franchise. I really do. And I think this might be the toughest pick in the first round to get a read on because it's another team that could go four or five different directions, and certainly I think they need a quarterback, but I'm just not sure if Jay Gruden agrees with you. Yeah, maybe I, he doesn't. I think, I think Jay's. I think Jay's shopping around. Um, I, odds are we're shopping Jay Gruden around, or after this season anyway. Well, if we're if we're gonna be honest, <laughs> I think that's coming up. He'll be the OC out in Oakland next year. Please bring him to Denver. Quarterbacks that they have on the roster: Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, Alex Smith. I mean, he used to work with Andy Dalton. Dwayne Haskins, you know, I mean, Drew Locke, both of those guys would be aberrations in that group because they're so much more physically talented. They don't necessarily fit that profile of what Jay Gruden seems to look for in a quarterback. So, yeah, 
I mean, if I'm them, quarterback is my number one need, and I'm doing whatever I can to try to find one. But, boy, I just wonder if they're going to go that direction. So, you know, basically, you know, what you're saying is Daniel Jones is, is a Redskins, is a Jay Gruden guy. And that's what I just heard rounders, you say. Would, yeah, I mean, of those four first-rounders, he would fit the profile. But even later on, I mean, I, I think you go maybe I mean, Ryan Finley, you know, that, that would, he would fit that mold. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you what, what really strikes me about Dwayne Haskins, what scares me about him is physically watching him, he looks to me like Jameis Winston coming out of Florida State. But I have some confidence. I know Ohio State has a ton of talent. But, guys, when, how often have you seen numbers, 50 TDs, 8 interceptions? Come on. You know, that doesn't happen. 70% completion percentage, too, if, I'm, if I recall correctly. I mean, you know, and he came in. Yeah, and yeah. he came in the year before, and he saved Ohio State's bacon at the end of the season in their bowl game when Barrett got hurt for the 15th time in his career. I, I think this kid's the real deal. Just don't misunderstand what he is, you know. He ain't going to be running all over the place, and they're probably going to have to make sure that he doesn't gain too much weight. Well, let's let's close out the first half of the first round here with the Carolina Panthers and Scott Wright. I mean, I'd like to, to come with something really refreshing and, and exciting and new, but I'm taking Cleveland Farrell, the defensive end from Clemson. I mean, uh, not only I, yeah. I think he's one of the best players on the board, but, I mean, he's exactly what Caroline needs. This is a Marty Herney type of pick. So uh, I was a little nervous that he might come off the board one of the last two picks because if he had been gone, I think I probably would have been struggling a little bit because there was such an early run on the defensive line and Brian Burns is gone. So I'm very happy that there was one left because that's the number one need with the bullet. Yeah, and that might be the end of the edge rushers here. Yeah, first round, that's that's it. I mean, there, yep. there's no other guy in the first round uh, coming off the edge there. So good good to get – yeah, you're right. They get lucky there with Farrell still being on the board. So uh, that's the first half of it. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back here on the Grapeco inaugural mock draft. Are you thinking about a trip to Disney World, to Disneyland, and you don't know where to start? What's an ADR? How does that whole Fast Pass thing work? And what in the world is MDE? Let Rebecca Bosarge, Vacation Specialist with Coasters and Castles Travel, help. Her services are 100% free to her clients. She can take care of all those important details to make your family vacation the very special vacation that you want it to be. Rebecca Bosarge can book your rooms, your tickets, and vacation packages for any size group. Make dining reservations. Make all fast pass reservations. She can book special event tickets. Arrange any necessary transportation. She can also set up your My Disney Experience account and even create a personal itinerary for the duration of your trip. You will not have to stress over the details when you use a knowledgeable vacation specialist like Rebecca Bosarge. She can book Universal Studios, Busch Gardens, Alani, Adventures by Disney, and Disney Cruise Line, as well as all major theme parks and popular vacation destinations. Contact Rebecca Bosarge today to get your planning started by emailing her at rbosarge at coastersandcastlestravel.com. You can find her on Facebook at Coasters and Castles Travel, Rebecca Bosarge, 
and on Facebook at Rebecca B. C&C Travel. You can also find her on Twitter at VacationsRHB. Get in touch with her today. You won't regret it. And we're back now here on The Cheapest Meal, presented by Deep Fried Draft. This is the inaugural Grapeco Mock Draft. Here with me is Scott Wright from Draft Countdown, Pigskin Paul Gilmet from GBN Report, and Joe W. Everett from DraftScouts.com. So, Paul, you're back on the clock here at 17, and the New York Giants, their second pick here in the first round, the pick they acquired in the Odell Beckham trade. I got a feeling I know where you're going here. Well, you know, you know what? Uh, initially, I, I would gamble on this pick and not take the obvious. But then again, I'm not so sure that's the way to go. I might try to trade back if I don't have to go too far, because whether they admit it or not, the Giants still have one of the weakest overall rosters in the NFL, although the Dolphins just went zooming past them down into the basement. But you know what? I, I've heard too many rumors, too many stories, and in a convoluted way, it makes too much sense. But, you know, the Giants, the Giants are a franchise – that has been ruled by nepotism for decades. And those kind of boys stick together. So I think it's way too early, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to say at pick 17 for the Giants, give me Daniel Jones of Duke, the next coming of Eli Manning. Scott, I'm curious, where do you have Daniel Jones? Where's he going to finish in your rankings? Uh, he's going to be my quarterback four, and he's not in the first round. I have him just outside, more of a top 50 type for me. But I agree with Paul. I think he's going to go in the in the top 20, and I, I've had him going to the Giants. I've had those two links for many months. I think it's just a, a really natural fit. And I was talking to someone a couple weeks ago, and they made a really good point about this situation. It's something I didn't really consider we focus on the comfort level of Daniel Jones coming into that organization because of his relationship with the guy who coached the Mannings and the similarities. But, uh, you know, I think if this is the situation. If they're going to bring in an heir apparent to Eli Manning, this is the one he's going to be okay. – Eli Manning is going to be most comfortable with. So, you know, this is the one that Eli – because Eli knows this kid. Eli's going to get the review from Dave Cutcliffe and everything. So, uh, I think – There you go. That, that's what the factor is with this, right? It's, it's Eli Manning's feelings. That's why they'd be reluctant to bring in a quarterback. They don't want to rock the boat and make for an awkward situation with one of the all-time greats in the history of the organization. I, I disagree with that, but, I mean, that's, I think, a huge factor in this decision. So, I thought that was really interesting. Who would Eli Manning be most comfortable with mentoring? I think it would be Daniel Jones, right? Sure. Joe, sure. Joe, Joe, you guys, but go ahead, Brian. Joe, where are you at with Daniel Jones? Joe Everett. Joe passed out from the pick. <laughs> no, I actually like had so myself much. on mute. I was eating. I was eating cereal. I was oh. fast <laughs> on the break, but. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Frosted mini wheats. If anyone out there listening is curious, but uh, I've got them as three. I actually like. Uh, yeah, I like Jones, and I'm not sure what he eats for cereal, but uh, the mobility, the background he has, the basketball player kind of competitor he is. I'm, you know, not nuts about his arm, but I've, I've, I've actually got him as the third uh, QBL. 
right, go ahead, Paul. You know, I'm, I well, I was gonna say I, you know, I thought this talk was kind of crazy because you know it's a little bit corny, you know, the Cutcliffe thing, and yet uh, for all the talk about what a quarterback whisperer slash guru he is, who the hell has Cutcliffe ever sent to the pros that's been any good other than Peyton? Um, but that's all you watching, need. Well, that's true especially if you're like the Mara family, right? Um, but, you know, watching, the, watching his pro day and listening to the announcers talk for at least 10, 15 minutes about the Manning-Cutcliffe connection and blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there making faces, but the more they talked and the further it got into it, and he was making some nice throws and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, yeah, I can see this happening. And in today's NFL, the only sad part from the Giants' perspective is, technically speaking, talent-wise, they ought to be able to to take him with their next pick in round two. But he probably isn't there if you do that. So they got to go get him, I guess. And the, the one thing about Daniel Jones that nobody seems to point out is that, and the thing that concerns me the most is durability. I mean, he's been dinged up yeah. and hurt like three of the last four years or three of the last five or something like that, even dating back to high school. Now, granted, he was playing at Duke. He didn't have a great supporting cap, but that's what would concern uh, me. There, there, hey, Scott, that's another quick point. I've always said, especially in the case of quarterbacks, when you look at their numbers – and you try to rank them. Uh, the other thing you, t- the other thing I take a look at is, okay, Daniel Jones is coming out now. Now tell me how many guys have graduated from Duke at skill position yeah. in the last three years that have done crap <laughs> at the pro level. There aren't any. So I literally had somebody mention Jamison Crowder, person, and that's what twenty-five years Jameson. ago. <laughs> yeah, but that was before Jones. Yeah, well, you said you Duke. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm saying Duke during the during the Jones era. What's he had to to work with? You know, the the only no, one no. I can think of is Wilson, the little mini running back that made the Buccaneers last year as an undrafted rookie free agent. That's it. So you got to admit that Daniel Jones, to some degree is doing some of this stuff on his own, which still doesn't make him a first-round pick, but at least the Giants aren't tanking to the point that the Dolphins are. They'll take what they think will help them, and we'll see what happens. I wouldn't do it, but I get it. Jones is my 81st overall player and fifth quarterback. Obviously, I don't think he's a (laughs) first-rounder. Oh. Well, Scott, let's Dude, let's bring you Tyree. back. You know it's Tyree. Am well, I that I transparent? <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's let's go to the home of Scott Wright and the Minnesota Vikings. And Scott, who who is uh who's your hometown team going to take here at eighteen? Well, I, I will still die on the hill that the Vikings should have taken Will Hernandez in the first round last year in, instead of Mike Hughes. And that's nothing against Mike Hughes. I think he's a good player, but I just think with Kirk Cousins, your quarterback, and you're trying to win right now, 
you need to protect Kirk Cousins. So I'm going to try my best to rectify that mistake with the best uh-huh. lineman available. I personally would have loved to see Andre Dillard fall to me because uh, that would have been a slam dunk no-brainer. But uh, my plan B is going to be Garrett Bradbury, the center slash guard out of North Carolina State, oh. a guy who's just absolutely aced this entire pre-draft process. He's a plug-and-play 10-year starter. And, uh, you know, last year at this time, Billy Price and Frank Gregnall went in this exact same range, and I think Bradbury's a better prospect than either of those guys. So I'm going with with Bradbury there, and whether it's at guard wow. or center, we have some ability to shift guys around. But i got to shore up and, and protect Kirk Cousins because if there's any quarterback that needs protection, it's Kirk Cousins. Ryan Kelly, I believe, was 18, the 18th pick uh, when he was drafted by the Colts a few years ago. So uh, it's not not out of not out of the realm of possibility that a center can go this high. There you go. And I think he's going to the top twenty-five. If he doesn't go here, he's going to go shortly thereafter. Maybe the Titans, maybe the Ravens. He's oh, he's going yeah. to the top twenty-five. I think. I'm about to say he was going to go nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Now, now that we've made the the now that we've made the Tennessee Titans contingent mad, let's go to Joe Everett with that pick at nineteen. <laughs> Joe just choked on his cereal. Yeah, yeah, spilled a little milk there. Um, it, it's, it is a shame because that's what they really need to just get Mariota right and, and let's see if if he can play or not. I think he definitely needs help. And I tell you, we're at a different offseason for Marquise Brown. That's who I've kind of like – they need speed in the worst way. You know, you look at some of their snaps, they're running a Doria Jackson out there just to add some speed on that side of the ball. So I think that's the profile, but it's just too early uh, at that juncture. And really, I know they've got – they put tight end uh, money in there, and but I'm just – I'm worried about uh, uh, that, that position. I don't even know if Johnny Smith's going to be ready, much less Delaney Walker. Uh, teams looking at Noah Fant as a big X, so why not? I'm going to add a playmaker to this 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 team, and just uh, Mariota here's yet another weapon. And I know they they get creative in Tennessee. Uh, I, I think they need a playmaker. That's I'm not putting him at tight end. I'm putting him on the other side of Corey Davis. Just just give them a, a weapon at any cost. Um, I know it, I'd like to add a wide receiver, but at this point, I'm just. I don't like the profiles of the whiteouts available. I think they got one just like the guys available here. So uh, give them give an X factor that I don't know if there's another Noah Fant in this draft class. And then if Noah Fant pans out, that, that's a pretty special tight end. So uh, give the Titans uh, just a weapon. I like the pick. I like huh? the value there. But uh, what about DK Metcalf? Was he, would, would you have considered him to be your speed wide receiver you needed? I'm not rolling the dice on another wide receiver that I'm not real sure what's going to happen in five years. The neck injury scares the life out of me, and that's why Metcalf is not higher on my own rankings. Uh, And that's just – I'm probably putting too much of my own personal thought in there. But, yeah, that that injury scares the life out of me because, I mean, other than that, there's so much intrigue to him and dead wrong here, you know, uh, years removed when he's uh, off pro bowls and all whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm treading lightly on that Metcalf and letting, letting another team take the chance. There you go. So. Can't, I can't argue with it. I think that, you know, that makes sense for what the, the only thing I might've debated Joe slightly would have been given how successful Delaney Walker has fit into the Titans scheme of things. I might've been tempted 
to take Irv Smith. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I have a more similar profile. Yeah, but you know, the shorter, stockier, he's going to block a heck of a lot more than Noah Font is when they try to run the ball. But even at that, I barely have Irv, Irv Smith ranked in in the top thirty-two players. So right. I'm not arguing with your pick. All right, well, let's now go to the 20th pick and the scummiest team in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Scott Wright. (laughs) Drama-free Pittsburgh. Drama-free. Drama-free Pittsburgh. So this is one of those uh, situations where I think they're pretty happy. Uh, I think they need a corner, and they've got all of them on the board. Uh, And and I think that everyone kind of agrees the top group is – Greedy Williams from LSU, DeAndre Baker from Georgia, and Byron Murphy from Washington. But I don't think yes, I don't think yes, we agree. the top one off the board. I don't think I think Greedy is going to slide a little bit, maybe towards the latter part of the first round. So for me, this comes down to DeAndre Baker and Brian Byron Murphy, and I think both might minute. go a little earlier than people expect, especially DeAndre Baker. Wait, uh, Brian, wait a minute. Made a pick for the Lions. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, Do I hear Canute? Is that Canute disagreeing <laughs> with your pick in the background there, Scott? Nope, that, that, that isn't my end. Uh, uh, my, mine are uh, being nice and listening for, for the time being. Oh, but, uh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, Brian, I think it was you that mentioned a uh, cornerback for the Lions. And I think not at eight, but if the Lions move down into the team, maybe they take a corner. So I think the first corner off the board is going to be DeAndre Baker from Georgia. So that's the way I'm going to go here. And DeAndre Baker, he's not the biggest, not the fastest, but the tape, I mean, the results, you can't argue with it. This guy has been – outstanding against top-level competition, NFL-quality talent, and and uh, just a really good all-around player. Not as toolsy as maybe Greedy Williams, uh, but I, I think he's going to be the first corner off the board. And, and I don't even know if he makes it this far, but if he is, I think uh, that's the way it's Pittsburgh Steelers go. I have not heard anybody, other than Ja'Kai Polite, I don't think I've heard anybody bombing the interview process leading up to the draft more than DeAndre Baker from what I've heard. So him going to Pittsburgh does not surprise me here at pick 20. (laughs) Well, honestly, that was one of the things that I kind of questioned because it had so much drama. I wonder, I honestly thought about going Byron Murphy for that exact same reason, but Byron Murphy, you know, he only ran four, five, five, and and I don't want to overrate 40 yard dash times, but I mean, it it would be, it, it, not many corners go in the first round that run four five five. So that was what ultimately led me to go with Baker there. But I think those. Are well, he ran four five three. Okay, four five three. But um, that's but what yeah, Baker I mean, ran. So I think that. So well, that, oh, there, there you go. So I mean, it's one A one B situation. I could have gone either way, but I think Baker will be the first corner off the board. I I used to think that, and I changed my mind about two weeks ago, just cause, and. I I like Murphy. I think Murphy's got better ball skills without without being totally reckless like Greedy is. Right. But, but so, we're in we're in we're in the right area. I I don't have a problem at all with Scott's selection there. So last year uh Seattle surprised everybody by picking Rashad Penny in the first round. And he ended up being, what, their third leading rusher or something last year. So, obviously, that was a great pick. So, with that said, I think Seattle, (laughs) who I'm on the clock with here, makes a surprise pick here at 21. I love the talent. I think the production's great, and he tested through the roof. 
but I don't think anybody would necessarily have him going here at 21 overall. But I'm going to go with a safety, the first one off the board, Juan Thornhill, the safety from Virginia, here 21 wow. to the Seattle Seahawks. Whoa. All right. You know, I, I forgot. I think that's a really interesting pick, and, and that might be who they end up taking. It's just not going to be at 21. I think of all the teams in the first round, the one that I would bet all my money on trading down is Seattle. I think they're going to trade down because they know they can yep. get a guy like Juan Thornhill, Ken, yep. picks later. So if you want to, like, nail the, the player and match, the team player match in your mock draft, go like something crazy with the Seahawks because, you know, like I say, I don't think they're going to end up picking there when all is said and done. So that's the pick that I think is going to screw up a lot of people's mock drafts. Well, if you've still got a good mock draft at pick 21, you probably went in the That's little true. report contest anyway. So. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, head to, let's head to Baltimore and uh, Pigskin Paul here with pick number 22. I was torn on this one because I think their quality need is at linebacker. Uh, with letting Mosley leave in free agency and trading Terrell Suggs, uh, admittedly now a part-time player. But then I took a good look at their roster, and, uh, you know, I think Lamar Jackson's ability to be an accurate passer and make things happen with his arm as much as his legs is pretty questionable, at least at this stage of the game. But when you look at their receiving core, with Brown and Crabtree leaving town, um, I, you know, I'm just not real excited when the names are Willie Sneed, Jordan Lasley, Chris Moore, Jaleel Scott, and Quincy Abadeo. I no, no, no question for me looking at it now that we're at this pick and who's out there. At pick 22 for the Baltimore Ravens, I will take A.J. Brown, the wide receiver from Ole Miss. I, uh, the, the thing I like about him for a quarterback like Jackson is Brown reminds me quite a bit of the first dump it out in the flat and let him run for yardage guy by the name of Sterling Sharp back in the Holmgren days in Green Bay. I think A.J. Brown will make a good target for Jackson because he'll be able to stand 10 yards away, and with his speed and his burst and his running back build, he'll break some tackles. So, again, give me A.J. Brown, the wide receiver from Ole Miss. Are we surprised that A.J. Brown's the first Ole Miss wide receiver picked? I'll make the counter argument on that one, and it's nothing against A.J. Brown. It's just I think there's maybe a better fit for the Ravens at that position because, I, I mean, I, I agree with everything Paul said about A.J. Brown. If you're looking for that type of player, I just think it's going to be so congested up close to the line of scrimmage that nobody's going to be respecting Lamar Jackson's arm that I don't know how much room he's going to have to make plays and turn those short throws into long, uh, to long runs. I, I think what I want if I'm the Ravens, is a guy who can take advantage when, when you kind of lured everybody up into the box that you can throw that 50-yard bomb to Marquise Brown or D.K. Metcalf, but for me it would be Marquise Brown, uh, to take advantage when those teams do get too aggressive playing uh, forward. So, so to me it's just a matter of, uh, you know, philosophy, but, but I, I think one of those deep threats that could, you know, break it for 50 at any moment, I think that's what the Ravens need. 
Yeah, but I don't think they're much of a threat when Jackson can't get it to them accurately. And well, I that's don't another see, discussion, yeah. I don't see Lamar Jackson at the NFL level making very many accurate 40-yard throws downfield. So I hear you, Scott, but I think it's the – to me it's not the right place. I understand what you're saying. Uh, but as long as Lamar Jackson is their quarterback, that line of scrimmage is going to be jammed no matter who's on the roster defensively. Well, let's go down to let's go down to Houston, Texas now and uh Joe Everett with the Texans uh pick here and Joe, I'm guessing we're looking at the O-line. I've got to. All right, that no choice but to at this point. Um that run of tackles hurts uh, this team. I think Texans they got to be a candidate to trade up if uh you know uh, the first tackle starts going the beads of sweat i think start dripping but um <laughs> i'm looking at cody ford right now yeah. i think um really last year and i'm probably a jerk saying it but the all draft season martinez Rankin, not a top 100 player and they found that out the hard way i don't know why they took him so high i honestly believe looking back at it when they listed him at center they meant to take Elton Jenkins. I think they just, you know, got the number wrong in the jersey, and it was a mishap, and I don't know what happened. But uh, I think they still have to address uh, the the side of the line. It's just uh, they've got one guy, uh, Martin, Zach's little brother, and that's that's about what I see as serviceable. So uh, bodies at any cost. Um, Cody Ford of the linemen remaining, that's the one I'm most confident in that I could just – that he could survive year one. I'm not going to say he's going to thrive out there, but I don't think he'll sink. So, uh, but little, I'd be a little worried at, uh, I, I think uh, that maybe Risner I, I'd have confidence in too. But at this point, Ooh. I like Ford. I like the fit. They need somebody with a real physical presence and an attitude. They, uh, they want some nasty for Houston and, you know, I don't have to, detail all those medical issues of Watson um, uh, speaking of quarterbacks that you know it, it doesn't take much to get to the center of that Tootsie, uh, Tootsie Pop roll core so uh, yeah let's let's bring Cody Ford in and keep Watson alive as long as we can are you I playing him outside or inside I'm putting him at guard uh, I mean if you know the coach wants to say he can play tackle fine but I think I've got a real answer at guard in Cody Ford yeah, I think ahead, if Conklin Paul. and Lawan, if Conklin and Lawan are healthy, then you automatically plug Ford at guard where he's monster. If one of those guys, and I that's think the, it's Conklin, that's the, that's is the, the question. That's the guy. former Houston team you're talking about there, Paul. That's the uh, Tennessee Titans. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm on the Titans. I'm sorry. I'm ahead of you. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you put him for the Texans. He's better than anything they've got. All right, so now the Oakland Raiders are back on the clock for the second of three times here in the first round. I believe this is the pick they acquired in the Khalil Mack trade from the Bears. Uh, am I right there? Is that – yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Anybody see Khalil Mack on the board? Well, we've already, we've already taken our Khalil Mack quote-unquote replacement with Josh Allen at the fourth pick, although he's not as good as Khalil Mack. We, we all, I think we're all in agreement there. But we are going to stay yeah. on the defensive side of the ball here. And we're going to get some help. Uh, Gary and Conley is, is maybe started to come on a little bit last year. We're going to get him another another running made out at corner. And we're going to go with my top corner here, Greedy Williams, the corner from LSU. Fast, 
fastest corner uh, of the top group, and uh, you know they like some some speed in Oakland, so we're going to get Greedy Williams here to play in the secondary. It's a Raider pick. What can I say? The guy is uber talented, and he's part head case. I, I think one of the fascinating storylines of this draft is I think we're going to get a, a clue about how much say Mike Mayock has or how much of an impact at least he has in that front office with these three first-round picks. If they go defense with two of the three, I think that's a good sign for Mayock. If they go offense with two of the three, I think that's, the, that's yeah. a sign that Gruden still uh, – and, 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 you know, and rightfully so, Gruden should be calling the shots. But, I mean, there's yeah. going to be some players back at the end of the first round here offensively that I think are really going to tempt John Gruden. Maybe even a, one of the quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, like Drew Locke, yeah. Of, <laughs> one of the receivers, a tight end, no offense, uh, to replace Jared Cook, Josh Jacobs to replace Marshawn Jacobs Lynch. I think Mayock's going to yeah. have to lock. I think Mayock's going to have to lock Gruden uh, in, in the the supply closet here for the back end of the first round. Well, and that let's won't now work with Chucky. <laughs> let's now go to the. Uh, Super Bowl chance from a couple of years ago there in Philly and Scott Wright with the Eagles. Well, you look at Philly and what do they prioritize? The Lions, offensive or defensive line. And there are some good defensive linemen left, particularly a couple guys from Clemson in uh, Dexter Lawrence yep. and Christian Wilkins, who I'm uh, especially Dexter Lawrence. I think he's being dramatically underrated. I have him, I think it's my number eight or nine overall player in this whole class. So, I'm going with Dexter Lawrence. Uh, that gives them a, something different than what they have now on the defensive line, a big body in the middle. And, I mean, this, it, it, if Vita Vea is a top 15 pick, Dexter Lawrence should be too. I think he's every bit the player that Vita Vea is. And, you know, people are going to knock, well, he wasn't that productive of a pass rusher, but Clemson's defensive line was so strong, they didn't need to have him in there on pass rush reps. They could bring in Albert Huggins or, or shift some guys around and bring in the number one recruit in the whole country along the defensive line. So, um, just because he didn't do it in college doesn't mean he's not capable. And, and Dexter Lawrence isn't going to be a double-digit sack guy, but he's not a complete liability in terms of getting a push and generating pressure and just a, a ridiculous blend of size uh, and athleticism. So I'm going with Dexter Lawrence there, but also I think Christian Wilkins would make sense. Uh, so it's a good situation for the Eagles. Two things that soured me on Dexter Lawrence, and you kind of touched on both of them. One is Vita Vea. I now know – to if if you're not a pass rusher interior guy, I'm not drafting you high. If you're a two down run plugger, I, I, I'm not drafting you in the first round. And two, uh, you mentioned Albert Huggins. Dexter Lawrence is suspended for the playoff, misses both games. Clemson doesn't miss a beat with Albert Huggins in there, and that to me showed that I, I don't know how much I should value Dexter Lawrence if he was that easily replaceable on their defensive line. In defense of Dexter, Brian, I would say that the difference there is, I'm not saying Huggins played poorly, but you had three other high picks, high talent guys. Uh, You can hide the weakest link a little bit when you've got Farrell and Bryant and Wilkins picking up the slack. I, I think Dexter Lawrence is a beast. And it may be just just what they need because they've got a bunch of faster speed guys on that defensive line right now. All right, so 
let's go down to Joe Everett and his home hometown team of the Indianapolis Yay! Colts. Yeah, this um, the value staring us in the face is interior defensive line. Right, that's the, the the players are there, but as much as people talk about like that's a need, I really think the Colts like what they got in Autry, and that's why they resigned Hunt. Um, I think in this zone that Eberflus is running, corner's still an issue. Uh, what mm-hmm. they've got in Quincy Wilson, that remains to be seen. Uh, there's a reason they kept Pierre Desir around, but I think they honestly just like him more in the in the nickel as the perimeter guy. Uh, they really need I, – I, I want a, an actual corner that we could leave out there. And I know his hometown cook, and many people thought it would be the other Notre Dame players still on the board in Tillery. But uh, I like Julian Love. And um, I just got to thinking when Brian said uh, uh, with uh, Lawrence not being on the field for Clemson and then they don't miss a beat, well, when Julian Love was not on the field for Notre Dame, we're just not the same defense. That, that kid, uh, I think he's also pretty scheme versatile. That's just a player that uh, maybe it's a fir- surprise first rounder to some, but I, I really like uh, the uh, not only the talent but off the field. There's some intangibles about this kid. That's uh, I think a really solid character add to the locker room, and just a, a guy that's just going to take to the scheme and probably win the starting position early, run away with it. Uh, I like Love there for the fit the Colts. Um, to me, he's not a shock first-rounder, but once again, I'm probably guilty of home cooking here, but I, I say you keep that kid in the state of Indiana and, uh, that, and add to this defense that really still needs some help uh, uh, with uh, Eberfluss in year two. Scott Wright, uh, Golden Domer there at, with the Colts, Julian Love. Is, is, he, is, he be, is, he better than, is he better than Byron Murphy and Justin Lane from Michigan State? I, I, I think it's a little bit of a reach. I would have went with a different corner there, although I agree corner is very much in the mix. Uh, I think Julian Love's going to end up being more of a top 75-ish, you know, late second, early to mid third round, where he's going to be a good value. But, uh, but I think ultimately I would have gone with Christian Wilkins there for the Colts for one big reason. And I agree with Joe that, you know, the cupboard's not completely empty along the defensive line in Indy, but one of their biggest priorities there is culture. They, they want the intangibles, the guys that are going to, make for a winning culture. And Christian Wilkins brings that in spades. Teams just rave about his intangibles and, and what he's going to bring to a locker room. So may, that's probably what would have pushed me more towards Wilkins in that regard. But I think Indy would be pretty happy. Not only is there a couple good corners on the board, but uh, Wilkins. So uh, this, I think those are definitely the areas where Indy's going to be looking. But, uh, yeah, I, I, but I, I think culture and intangibles are going to play a big role in who Indy selects. All right, now, so the Raiders back on the clock here with Dallas's pick from the Amari Cooper trade. So this brings me back back in now. They've gone defense the first two picks. Cause, and I, I, saw, I read this uh, right around the time when free agency starts. And to me, the plan that, the plan that was laid out from the way I, I understood it was pay for offense, draft defense. They did that. They, all their major free agent signs were on the offensive side of the ball. So I think they're going to stay defense for all three first round picks. Now, Ooh. a part of me, a part of me wants to say this will be the where we test Mayock here, because a part of me wants to say that Mayock goes with Zach Allen from Boston College. But 
I don't think they expected Christian Wilkins to still be on the board here. And you talked about building a culture, a locker room guy. I hate Clemson with about as much as I hate any other college football team. <laughs> but one cannot argue the effect that Christian Wilkins would have in a locker room. So that's the pick here for the Raiders at 27, defense lineman for Clemson, Christian Wilkins. Okay. Uh, he's got to go somewhere. I mean, come on. We can't be sitting here in round two saying, oh, Christian Wilkins is still here. And, and I do think he's going to slide a little bit on draft day. I don't know that he's going to be a top 20 pick like a lot of people have him. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, I just, you know, he's a very good player. I just wonder if I see dynamic qualities there. Um, he, you know, his value is in his versatility, his intangibles, but I just wonder what the upside is there. And maybe he slides a little bit, especially with so many other good defensive linemen in this class. I, I agree with you yeah, on the I upside. I, I, yeah. His age is probably up there as well, over 23, probably 24-ish maybe. So that could be an issue for Wilkins. And uh, I, I say that I don't know what his age is. I could be pulling that number out of my ass. But uh, the upside <laughs> it, 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 it could could be limited here as well. But, uh, Paul, let's bring you now to the Los Angeles Chargers and uh, pick 28. Okay, and I'll tell you my, I'll tell you my quandary here. Um, I think, you know, it is not a good time to be trying to help Mr. Rivers with the offensive line because the elite tackles are gone, and I don't, I don't think Greg Little would be a significant help right now. So I'm going to move back to the other side of the ball, and my choice is coming down to two areas where they have need. One is a quality cornerback. And I happen to think that Byron Murphy, who, when I watch him, has incredibly good ball skills. And, but they've already got a bunch of guys with ball skills. They just don't quite fit the all-star. You guys can break it to me gently after I make this pick on what it was I missed that this guy's off everybody's boards. But I am still of the opinion that – Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive tackle from Mississippi State, has kept himself clean off the field while he's been in Starkville, Mississippi. And when I watch him play, I think he is a difference maker and an impact guy, and the Chargers have a lot in the middle of their defensive line. So I'm going to go for it, and like I said, I'll cross my fingers that I didn't miss something, and you guys will sure fill me in. At 28, I'll take Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive tackle from Mississippi State. Not only well, have there not been instances, from what I've heard, I've heard the coaches uh, speak up for him and really vouch for him, uh, which which goes a long way. And uh, and it's not only the character thing, but it's the knee. I believe they've already announced he's not going to play this season, so it's very much you're going to have to redshirt him. And it's just who has the the job security to 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 make that type of move. I think that could be a fit for Oakland, maybe maybe uh, Gruden with one of those uh, late first round picks. But but I, I love Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, he's my fifth best player in this whole draft. And I, I think back to to Jalen Smith and Miles Jack when they were coming out. It was a similar situation where you're gonna have to be patient. But I had them both as top ten picks too. And 
the reason I kept Simmons so high is it's not something that's going to affect him long term. So I'm going to show a little force that I can keep him where I think he belongs in my rankings talent-wise. And some teams are going to get a steal late round one. I think he probably ends up in late round two just because I wonder how many teams uh, and decision makers have that gravitas where they can afford to, to wait on him. But, uh, no, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he went late round one. Otherwise, early round two, he's one of the best players in this draft, in my opinion. Talent-wise, I, I have no doubt that he's one of the best players in this draft. I I, I just percentage-wise, I just don't know how many players that you quote-unquote redshirt actually come back to have good NFL careers. Jalen Smith is, is on his way. But other than Jalen Smith, in recent past decade where you take these red shirt players, how many actually come back to have pro bowl careers? Well, I think Jalen Smith and Miles Jack are certainly two guys on the positive end of the spectrum. And, and of course the 49ers did this a few years ago. It seemed like they took four or five guys in the span of two, three years where they red shirt. None of them were much lower. This is a top 10 player in the draft. You know, I, I think this is much more, um, uh, I think Jalen Smith or Miles Jack is a much more apt comparison with Jeffrey Simmons. And I would argue he's even more valuable because he plays a more premium position along the defensive line than uh, either Smith or Miles Jack did. So I, can, I think he's going to go early sec, early day two is where he ultimately ends up. But, but like I say, I, I think the Raiders are the team to watch out. If somebody pulls the trigger on him in round one, maybe the Raiders, maybe the Patriots. But, yeah, I, I could see it. With any of these picks, like you said, it's going to take a team that has, uh, you know, doesn't have anything to lose, so to speak, to to make this pick uh, in the first round. Well, let's go to Kansas City and the should-be AFC champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and Joe Everett. Should be. We'll get those overtime rules fixed up uh, in a jiffy. Um, they had some success with a corner from Washington in the past. And by my count, that corner from Washington still on the board. I think it's between him and then um, I know they added Tyron Matthew, but you still kind of like a young safety. Maybe I, I like Chauncey Gardner just to add to your nickel package because that's, I think, a guy day one would be pretty comfortable. But Byron Murphy, the feet, uh, the, I, I think, um, like I said, the track record there and just anybody's in the secondary pretty much for the Chiefs. I know they'd probably like to add the speed of a wide receiver here, but I I think they're scoring plenty of points. Uh, take the best corner off the board, and for me at this point, it's, uh, it's Murphy over Lane. I have no problem with that pick. No, Should have been gone already. I'm with you. Available. Unless they, they have they know something we don't about Tyreek Hill and they feel like they need to bring in his replacement, Marquise Brown, but yeah, otherwise that's a good corner point. safety. All right. Uh Paul, back to back to you with the New Orleans Saints uh pick here that belongs to the Packers from the uh Marcus Davenport trade up that I still ain't quite figured out. So um <laughs> but uh Paul Packers uh who you got here? I hate. Well, you know, I, I hate to get carried away with what they need, and therefore I'm taking this guy. But you know, anybody that just says, "Oh, he's ranked," I don't want the 31st guy on my board when the 27th guy is there. Well, in a lot of cases, what the heck is the difference between the guy you got ranked 27 
and the guy you got ranked 31. I think right now uh, Packers will do a lot of picking this time around, 10 picks last time I looked, and they're going to draft some defense in the days to come. But I think right now I'm still in let's make Aaron Rodgers a little bit happier right now. I don't see much quality when I look at the Green Bay Packers tight end group. Jimmy Graham's the best, and, you know, he hasn't really done a whole lot for anybody since he left New Orleans. So I will take – you ready, Scott? You know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I will take another one of the Golden Domers, even though he's a little bit short and he's more of a move tight end, but he blocks like he's 260 pounds from what I've seen. I'm taking Irv Smith from Alabama, but it is the son of Irvin Smith from Notre Dame. I thought you was fixing to take Alizé Mack with the uh, 30th pick in the draft, and I was about, about to cut the whole thing off. No, I was extrapolating the Notre Dame-Alabama tie-in here. Earth's Not even Alabama. Scott Wright is that much of a homer. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, Irv Smith has a very fond place in my heart because that was the year, 1993, where I became mm-hmm. a fan of the draft, a big fan of the NFL draft because that was the year my team, Notre Dame, had tons of See, Brian? In the top, like 50. <laughs> that was uh, Rick Meyer, Jerome Bettis, Irv Smith, Tom Carter, Reggie Brooks, Demetrius DeBose. Awesome year. So, yeah, that, that, that always brings back fond memories and also makes me feel very old that, his, that their kids are about to be drafted. Tom Carter's uh, kid's already in the league, been, been in the league, so – uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think Irv Smith. There's a chance Irv Smith could go ahead and no offense. I, I think I think there are teams that like Smith more. Uh, I really like no offense. To me, he's one of the ten best players in the draft. I compared him to Eric Ebron, both the good and the bad with that comparison. But I, I just think Eric, uh, excuse me, uh, no offense, has a chance to be a, a dynamic weapon at that position. But uh, Irv Smith, if you're looking for a more well-rounded guy, I mean that's going to be your pick. So I would not be at all surprised if he sneaks into the back end round one. I just don't know if the Packers are going to go with a tight end that or you think they go offense with both of those picks, Paul? Yeah. Like I said, I think they've got enough picks, Scott. And I, you know, and I'm not saying that, that they signed world beaters, but you know, the Smith brothers without the beards, Zedarius and Preston uh, are both going to be, you know, stand up, most of the time, not quite linebackers, edge rushers. Uh, you know, you hear people talk about the Packers, and that's what they want them to take. And at some point, my comment is, I think you can have enough. And remember, I was going to take Devin Bush, but, you know, it didn't work by one pick. So I think you have to – I think what you have to do is the Packers still have plenty of needs. And they even after this pick, they got eight more. And I think, within reason, looking at my draft board, Irvin Smith was the best guy left that I could see because here's the guys that I've got left when I'm looking to make this pick for the Packers. I got Drew Locke. I got Marquise Brown. I got Josh Jacobs. I got Irv Smith. I got Eric McCoy. And I got Jonathan Abraham. And I'm not going to take – I'm not ready to take the safety in the first round. Um, there's a lot of safeties in this draft, and I don't think, but I do not think any of them are elite. 
So, yeah, I think they could do this. I would, again, I did. I would. That's why I made it. I, you know, you look at their, like I said, look at their tight end group. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And at the height of the Favre-Rogers quarterback eras, tight ends caught an awful lot of balls in the offenses of Mike McCarthy and Mike Holmgren. There you go. I think they would I, – I, I, well, I would not be surprised if at 12 they took Noah Fant and then come back with another pick here at 30 uh, when, when it's all said and done 11 days from now. Could be. So They like Iowa my, boys. My final pick will be the L.A. Rams with the 31st pick. Um I think the Rams need a linebacker here, but I, I'm not sold that Mac Wilson needs to be the guy here at pick 31. I, I just don't think he's a first-round pick. Uh, I could see a corner here, but I'm going to refrain from taking Justin Lane. So I'm going to give the Rams a pass rusher here. and I, This might be a surprise first-round pick. Um, I, I don't necessarily think he's a first-round talent, but I do think he could be a guy the Rams take here. And I'm going to go with the Michigan Wolverine edge rusher, Chase Winovich. Pick 31 here to the L.A. Rams. Outstanding. Pretty early, but I can't argue with a guy that I compare to uh, Clay Matthews. I love it. I love it. I was just doing a podcast with – I was just doing a podcast oh, with Rick, and they asked me for surprise first rounders, and this was my answer, Brian. So I'm I'm banging the table right with you. I think no matter what the Rams do, it's going to be immediate help. They're not thinking long term. They are win now, right. full steam ahead. So, uh, you know, for me, and I agree, they need a pass rusher. Although bringing back Dante Fowler short term that helps a little bit. They could still definitely use another pass rusher, but. I've been saying for a while now, I think one of the surprises here we're going to see in the draft is we're going to see some offensive linemen sneak into the back end of round one, whether it's Caleb McGarry, whether it's Eric McCoy, whether it's Chris Lindstrom. I think that's going to be one of the surprises of this year's draft. And I had them taking Eric McCoy in my last draft. I think Eric McCoy is really highly thought of in the league. I think he's a top 50 pick. Another guy, great intangibles, plug-and-play starter, starter center. I think their dream scenario, from what I've heard, is Garrett Bradbury. But if they can't get him, Eric McCoy is a pretty good uh, plan B and, um, and and shore up that offensive line for Jared Goff. Yeah, I believe in my last couple of mock drafts, I've had a combination of Lindstrom and McCoy going here too. But I just I, I felt like I needed to shock it up a little bit here and, and went with Winovich. So let's finish up the first round, the defending Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, and. Uh, Pigskin Paul here. Who you got at pick 32? Well, first let me say I'm moving on to the 2020 draft. Okay, right after today. Um, I McCoy is one of my options, but believe it or not, I think their offensive line looks pretty good right now, uh, assuming that uh, Isaiah Wynn comes back healthy, which I'm hearing is going to happen. We are not taking a quarterback right now in uh, Belichick tradition. We are not taking a wide receiver right now in Belichick tradition. I think that they might be trading out 
for somebody that wants to come up for Drew Locke. But we can't do that. So what I'm going to do is I am going to take a um, Swiss Army knife, jack-of-all-trades, impact defender who I believe if he had played for a lesser college team would have put up some huge numbers and been uh, 10 picks earlier than this. But I think for what the Patriots need on defense, which is some speed, some flexibility, a multidimensional player, if I'm Bill Belichick, and I am today, I am taking Mac Wilson from Alabama, who somebody just mentioned five minutes ago. And you got to believe the Belichick Saban connection is alive and well with that pick. Uh, exactly. That's another thing in the background. But I, I, to be honest, guys, what I think you're getting here, and, and he's not a one-trick pony, which is the good thing. Uh, what I saw is he's got pretty, pretty darn good coverage and ball skills for, you know, a three-two-six defense, which we're going to keep seeing more and more of. But what I also liked about him was he can do a little pass rush. I think he is going to bring to that locker room and to that defense a Teddy Bruschi kind of mentality. All right, so let's let me do a quick recap of the first 32 picks, and then we'll wrap this up with a couple of questions. Arizona, number one, Kyler Murray. Two, San Francisco, Nick Boza. Three, the Jets, Quinn and Williams. Four, Oakland, Josh Allen. Five, Tampa Bay, Devin White. Six, the Giants, Rashawn Gary. Seven, Jacksonville, TJ Hawkinson. Eight, Detroit, Brian Burns. Nine, Buffalo, Montez Sweat. Ten, Denver, Ed Oliver. Eleven, Cincinnati, Devin Bush. Twelve, Green Bay, Andre Dillard. Thirteen, Miami, Jawan Taylor. 14, Atlanta, Jonah Williams. 15, Washington, Dwayne Haskins. 16, Carolina, Cleveland Farrell. 17, New York Giants, Daniel Jones. 18, Garrett Bradbury to Minnesota. 19, Tennessee, Noah Fant. 20, Pittsburgh, DeAndre Baker. 21, Seattle, Juan Thornhill. 22, Baltimore, A.J. Brown. 23, Houston, Cody Ford. 24, Oakland, Greedy Williams. 25, Philadelphia, Dexter Lawrence. 26, Indianapolis, Julian Love. 27, Oakland, Christian Wilkins. 28, Chargers, Jeffrey Simmons. 29, Kansas City, Byron Murphy. 30, Green Bay, Irv Smith. 31, Rams, Chase Winovich. 32, New England, Mac Wilson. So let's go around the room. We'll start with Scott. Scott, who are the five players that you were surprised are still on the board at the top of the second round? Oh, we're going five. All right, we're going big. Uh, well, the one that kind of stands, stands out is Josh Jacobs. Uh, the running back from Alabama who wasn't selected. And, and there's not a lot of possible fits for him. I think the Raiders are probably the most likely team in the first round that could take a running back. But um, And, you know, he did get invited to the draft. One of the, I think, 21 players they invited to the draft. And that's not – it's not a complete indicator, but it's a usually good indication because they want to invite people that are going to be – that they are confident are going to get drafted early. They don't want – the league does not want Aaron Rodgers, Brady Quinn types of situations on draft day. Uh, for the most part. So uh, he definitely stands out. And uh, I'm just going through my rankings here to see the best player available. Jonathan Abrams, uh, the safety from Mississippi State. I think he's going in the first round. I think he's the top safety available. Uh, did anybody take Drew Locke, I don't believe? No. Drew Locke no. will still be Drew on the Locke? board. I mean, I think Drew Locke could go as high as number four overall to the Raiders. That's where I had him going my last mock draft. I heard the Raiders really like him. And 
you know, I could see how Gruden would fall in love with a toolsy guy like that. Yep. So uh, he's right up there. Uh, DK Metcalf, the wide receiver from Ole Miss, who I do think is going to fall into uh, day two. Um, and then who's the last one? Marquise Brown? Did he go in the first round? He'd be the last one, I guess. No, he would still be available. Yeah. So those would be my top five. Uh, and, you know, you look there, skill position players, a running back, two wide receivers, and a quarterback. So, um, you know, if this happens, uh, I, I think it will be an indication that teams like the defensive talent and their weight on skill position. How about it, Paul? Um, well, I'm gonna. I'm just going to stick – excuse the expression here. I'm going to stick to my board, okay? And I'm just going to say mm-hmm. I surprisingly have exactly five players ranked in my top 32 who did not get drafted. Uh, Drew Locke at quarterback, Marquise Brown at wide receiver, Josh Jacobs at running back, Eric McCoy, interior offensive line, and Jonathan Abram at strong safety. Joe Everett. Uh, similar names uh, to, to the other guys. Um, McCoy, Jacobs, uh, Chauncey Gardner was one I'd add. I thought he might sneak in. Um, thought Hakeem Butler also uh, might sneak in. Mm-hmm. I guess my biggest one that y'all don't have is still Jerry Tillery. I thought I know he's got the the injury that just came out, but like working out during the combine shows that it's like he can manage that. Um, but that, that's definitely one uh, that's different from the five of the others listed. But yeah, I think. The two that stick out the most would be Tillery and McCoy. I thought uh, those two would find their way uh, into our first round. Yeah, my top five available players uh, would be still be on the board. Debo Samuel, who I've got as wide receiver one. I don't want to hear any <laughs> laugh, anything from the, hey the, the, the crowd hey here. Now. We can't win here. Uh, we got the we got the Domer up in Minnesota. We got the Gamecock and Mobile. <laughs> uh, Debo, DK Metcalf. Uh, Dalton Reisner is another guy I have higher on my board than a lot. I just like his versatility and his his uh, attitude. I, I, I want that on my team. Uh, Nasir Adderley, the safety from Delaware, and Hakeem Butler from Iowa State is another receiver I like a lot. Um, I'm a little bit hey, lower Brian, on Drew Locke. Go ahead. Uh, one more name that I don't think we've – touched on yet this whole time, but I think maybe he sneaks into the back end of round one is Caleb McGarry, the offensive tackle from Washington. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, and you guys can set me straight. Maybe I'm just fanboying out a little bit too much, but boy, I mean, he's my number four offensive tackle, and, and if, if we have that run in the top half of the first round, I think we have the top three go in the top 15. Maybe Caleb McGarry sneaks in because, you know, Same he's mind. a guy that a lot of the coaches are going to love. You know, he's just nasty. He's got all those intangibles. Yeah. Play, maybe even play a little left tackle in a pinch, but you know, that's one guy that I think maybe sneaks into the back of round one that people aren't talking about. Well, you mentioned Caleb McGarry, so that makes me consult my list. I went back and listened to the Grapeco podcast uh, before the Senior Bowl and jotted down who everybody said Senior Bowl players would be drafted in the first round. Uh, McGarry was one of my five, along with Drew Locke, nice. Daniel Jones, Sweat, and Andre Dillard. Joe, you had Sweat. Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. No Andre Dillard, but you had Jalen Ferguson. Guessing you'd like to have oh. that one back. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get him over again? Can I get him um, over again? Paul yeah, had Locke. Extra three tones. <laughs> <laughs> Paul had Locke, Daniel Jones, Sweat, Andre Dillard, and Paul had Debo Samuel, but that could have been recency bias. <laughs> 
and uh, I was trying to I was trying to be nice to you that that night. Uh, and Scott had eight because Scott always overcompensates for everything uh, with the senior <laughs> bowlers. But uh, Scott had Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Montez Sweat, and Andre Dillard. I think we most all agree on those guys. They're probably going to be yeah. first. Even though Locke didn't go in our first round, I think we all know he's probably going to go in the first round. Somebody's going to trade up or something, yeah. But Scott also had Zach Allen. Could be. I, I could see it back in, guy. A guy who has no chance of being anywhere near the first round, Michael Dieter from Wisconsin. Right. And I'll admit that. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Elgin Jenkins, who could be, if let's say McCoy and Bradbury no. go off the board quickly, like no, yeah, but he's more likely a mid second no. rounder. So, yeah, and you know what? In, but uh, in my defense, I would still, I would still have seven or eight. I would just swap, I'd swap out. Uh, right, 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 McCoy, right. Just a different center, you know, and one of those offensive linemen I talked about. So what, I'm what, still, what, I'm what, still what, feel confident going on the high end. How many did we have? Today, Let's. I'm, I'm going. I'm going today. through now. Uh, Sweat. Okay. Dillard. Yep. Um, yep. Jones. Bradbury. Yep. Yep. Thornhill. Yep. Was Wilson there? No. Mac no. Wilson was Junior? not. No. No. Uh, okay. So that was Chase, it. Chase Winovich. Winovich, Winovich was, was not there. Yeah, Winovich. No. Oh, okay. he, he passed. He wasn't. He was hurt. Oh, he, oh that's right. He, he pulled out, yeah, with the injury. Yep, you're right. So that was it, five. Okay. So, I still think it's more than that. I'd still say seven. I'm going to go seven. Could be, could be. All right, last question, and we'll wrap this up. All right, based on our picks, we know Kyler Murray's going to Arizona, so that means Josh Rosen's going to be traded. But also based on our picks, the favorite has drafted to land him has drafted Dwayne Haskins, so now they're out. Who and for what compensation – Will Josh Rosen be? Let's start with uh, Joe Everett. Uh, this is a difficult one because I've heard that the teams that are still in the game here hate him, right? Like the Giants uh, didn't like him last year, and now Washington, they're uh, this. I don't know. I'm, I'm giving it to Washington anyways. To hell with it. Or no, they took Washington, so <laughs> wait, wait, they, they took Haskins, so they're not going to do it. Yeah, that's it. Ugh. The Giants took Jones. You know what? I'm praying right now. I'm shouting one up to the sky and that hopefully Johnny Uh could hear me. Come on, Denver. Bring Rosen over. Uh, Let's groom him behind cool Joe Flacco. And uh, hopefully we could get some linemen along the way. But, yeah, I just – I think Denver, that's – Flacco is not the answer. That's that's the stopgap. So I'd, I'd look at them and then maybe Miami still. I, I don't. I'm I'm with Paul. I think tanking is overused. And at this point, you bring a Josh Rosen into Miami. You know, talk about a narrative change there. Uh, but I'm 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 leaning towards Denver. They're, they've still got. To, if they don't answer it in the draft, that that have to be the team. Like uh, bring them in, man. So what what's the compensation? Um have to be a second because I can't they can't give that high one uh I'm not giving next year's one uh I'm giving you know uh yeah I I'd give him a second future second and a so player 2020 uh, 2020 second Scott Wright uh you know I I'd, I'd 
I'd almost lean with Joe. It's tough, though, but I'd almost lean with Joe with the Broncos being a favorite, especially I, I think if they take a quarterback in the first round, it would be Drew Locke. That's the guy that we've heard for months and months that John Elway likes, and that makes a lot of sense. But otherwise, there's talk that they're looking at maybe uh, Clayton Thorson or Ryan Finley a little later, and I'd certainly rather have Josh Rosen. So, uh, so But just for the sake of uh, mentioning a different team, how about the Patriots? The Patriots have a lot of draft picks, uh, and – Boy, talk about a great succession plan for Tom Brady. So I'll throw the Patriots out there, but it's tough. And, I mean, I think you can make a case that Arizona has is, is kind of mishandled the situation by waiting so long. These other teams, some of these teams have gone out and they found quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, they, the options have kind of dried up to a certain degree. They certainly didn't play this perfectly in terms of maximizing their leverage and the return they're going to get on Josh Rosen. So I think it's going to be a second-round pick and, like, Broncos, Patriots, somebody like that, and maybe Washington. But, it's tough. I, I certainly, there's nobody that I feel so confident that I would uh, uh, place a significant amount of money on that they're going to trade for Josh Rosen. I think it's still very much up in the air. How about it, Paul? Well, I agree with Scott, but the price will have to be cheap. But, it, you know, a two this year and a three next year, and the Patriots might be all in on that. I'd say your Bengals, but uh, nah, they don't do that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Broncos, I would be tempted, but Elway's already made so many moves there that he's almost got to sit tight for a while. I think the two possibilities more likely beyond New England would be Carolina, because I'm beginning mm. to think that the Cam Newton arm thing, shoulder thing, is not going to be a good resolution. The other one, if they can't get this contract done real soon, I can see John Schneider and Pete Carroll wheeling and dealing and bringing in Josh Rosen to replace Russell Wilson, who they can't afford to sign. That's interesting. That's an interesting name. And you you mentioned Cincinnati. They're not going to do it because they're stupid. So I'm not even going to (laughs) consider. I would, I would give pick 11 up for Josh Rosen. I mean, if it was, if I was running the Bengals, I'd make the call. Hey, here's pick 11. Let's just get this over with now. Or I'd even go so far as to say, hey, you give us 33, y'all move up to pick 11, we get Josh Rosen, and just do a pick swap there, go back to the top of the second round. If I was the Bengals, it's not going to happen. So, realistically speaking, I think the team that comes away with Josh Rosen after it's all said and done is the Los Angeles Chargers. Rosen becomes the heir apparent to Phillip Rivers. They give up a uh, the 2019 second-round pick a 2023rd round pick, and they get the deal done. I love that fit. Um, and, you know, the one other factor in this in this situation, I wonder how much it's going to play in, is, is Josh Rosen. You know, I mean, obviously he's under contract. He can't dictate where he's traded to. But if he makes it clear to a team that's trained for him, hey, I don't want to be there. I don't want to go sit for the next four years. How much of an impact does that have? How much? I guess how much say is he going to have in dictating where he goes, if any? Because I think that's going to play a role. He's going to, he and his people are going to want to go somewhere where they have, he has a chance to start this year, if not immediately at some point. Yeah, I think the thing that, that, that doesn't get talked about enough with Rosen is his contract. The fact that Arizona's already paid the bonus money. So you're essentially paying Josh Rosen 2 yeah. to $3 million a year, and that's it until you have to redo his contract. So I don't, yeah. don't think – or the fifth-year option, I should say. Yeah, and listening to the lack of excitement, at least as we hear it, you know, Rosen 
isn't going to have, and his people aren't going to have any clout at all, because clearly, at least at this stage, until somebody gives up a one, which we're hearing isn't going to happen, he's not in that big a demand, as you might expect. However, I do think Cliff Kings, if this is Cliff Kingsbury's move, and they're going to go all out and take Murray and try to deal Rosen, I got a funny feeling that Steve Kime is going to be looking for a job before next season's over, and Kingsbury is going to go down as one of the craziest hires in NFL history. Yeah, it, it does not seem like this is off to a, a great start. If this is if this is the plan, I just I, I don't I don't understand it at all. But uh, so that's that's going to do it. Uh, I think I think we've had some fun here today. We've had a nice uh, nice little mock draft. Nice way to start a Sunday. So uh, let's sign everybody off. Joe, tell everybody where we can uh, find your work leading up to the draft. Uh, yeah, you can uh, find the draft guide, NFLDraftScout.com uh, or at NFL Draft Bible. It's uh, combined joint forces. It's not too late to get your copy, accompany the, your NFL draft journey with that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just uh, hit, hit me up on Twitter, Joe W. Everett, and find me there. And uh, anywhere in the state of Indiana where a classical music concert is being held, I'm going to be there with my bass in a tuxedo. So uh, That's hit right. me up there as well. Joe, thanks for joining us brother. today. All right, that's uh, that was Joe Everett. Uh, Paul, how about you? What 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 do you got on tap uh, in these next uh, week and a half, and where can we find it? Well, you can find it at gbnreport.com, and the GBN stands for Great Blue North, and someday we'll explain that. But it's not worth it now. I am still in the process of doing team mock drafts. Uh, which is my primary assignment with that organization. But we'll be doing some mocks, and I'll have a top 100 prospects. Uh, Anybody that likes or hates the Packers, uh, I made a couple of contributions. If you go to cheeseheadtv.com, we've got a nice big Packer-centric draft guide available online only not in print so i'll be around as the saying goes sounds good thanks for joining us today paul thanks for having me brian take care scott uh 11 days left is that what the clock's telling you at draftcountdown.com yeah, absolutely. TikTok, it's uh, coming quick here. Uh, I got uh, my most recent mock draft is up. I'm working on an update right now. Tons of analysis in the mock draft, who I think the teams are going to pick and why. I uh, went through and uh, I updated all the rankings. There's almost a thousand players in the rankings now, all with verified. Uh, pretty, I would say 98% of them have verified heights, weights, and 40s from the pro days. So uh, check that out if you want to know how big or fast the guy actually is. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Countdown and. I also have an interview coming up this week with my fellow Minnesotan uh, linebacker, Blake Cashman, one of the hottest names in this draft, and a guy I'm hearing could go on day two. So uh, so that's just a few of the things we got coming. Yeah, he's a guy that nobody knew of before uh, the combine, and now he's on the lips of everybody, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. Really good player, player former walk-on, who's uh, but but tested extremely well, and like you said, just blew up since the combine. And and that's one of the questions I asked him is like, how has your life changed in the last two months? Uh, so yeah, it's a fun interview, and I even do because we're both Minnesotans, we do a little Minnesota themed uh, 
speed round at the end where I ask him his favorite Prince song, things of that nature. So, uh, so check that out. It's kind of a fun one. Sounds good, man. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, Scott, thanks for joining us for this. Uh, our first of what I'm guessing, we, we may try to do this again next year too. I, I, I think we had fun with this. I'm ready anytime. Scott, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. So that was fun, right? Uh, almost two hours worth of a first-round mock draft with uh, Paul Gilmet of GBN Report, Joe Everett from uh, Draft Scouts and NFL Draft Bible, and Scott Wright from NFL Draft Countdown. Always love uh, th- those. Are probably my three closest uh, three closest compadres uh, from the draft world. Hang out with them every year at the Senior Bowl. Always fun. Uh, talking to those guys here and doing our first, the inaugural uh, Grapeco mock draft, uh, unofficially presented by Grapeco because we have no sponsors here officially. But hey, Grapeco, if you're listening, uh, if you want to throw us some, throw us some change this way, we'll gladly take it. Or free Grapeco, we'll do that too. But that's going to do it for uh, for this uh, expanded edition of the cheapest meal where we did a first round mock draft. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft and find everything, including what will soon be my updated mock draft, uh, the penultimate mock draft, if you will, at deepfrieddraft.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time.